Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hi! Hey, Gigi, how's it going? <laughs> so good. How are you? I am good. We are back from a small vacation. We sure are. Yeah, we decided to get out of town for Thanksgiving. We did. We sure did. We made our way all the way across the uh, lovely grasslands of, is it Wyoming between us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. We, yeah, we drove through Wyoming. And stopping only for gas. Stopping only for gas. And uh, we did not get 75 cent ice cream at Little America. But we did get huckleberry syrup. So stopping only for gas and huckleberry syrup. We will be back, Little America, for your 75 cent cones. Yes, we will. As long as we're not standing behind the lady that brought in an army of children to yes. order 20 cones. Yes, and this this lady, I thought for sure, hearing the exchange that happened, I was like, oh, she's running some sort of camp. Turned around, it's a small army of children that all look exactly like her yeah. yeah but it was very very impressive how efficient she was she was like you're not changing your mind tell me your order right now and you are not changing your mind yeah and yeah. she made sure that everyone else in the entire place knew the kids orders too. yeah so there were there were a handful of straw or a handful of chocolates a handful of vanillas and a handful of swirls she got it real yep yeah if you hear jingling in the background um podcat is with us today podcat is lonely because she was left behind on the vacation. Yes, she was lonely. She's she um, she's a bit needy in general, but then you like leave her alone for a few days, and her neediness cranks up to a, t- a twelve. A twelve, yeah. So we're happy to be reunited. Hi, girly. <laughs> Christopher, before we jump into the topic today, what was the most millennial thing that happened to you this week? Okay, most millennial thing. And everyone's going to judge me for it. But when you judge me, also think of yourself because more than likely you found yourself in this position. I'm so curious. So Jillian and I went to uh, a smaller town uh, in Colorado for the holiday. And because we couldn't be inconvenienced, we had went to technology to see how we could get dinner for the evening. <laughs> and I was... Thoroughly disappointed at the DoorDash options that were available there in the small town that we went and visited. So, yeah, I DoorDash didn't work, and I was upset. You actually, <laughs> I went to Grubhub, I went to DoorDash, I went to Uber Eats, thinking maybe someone had like monopolized the town and the the you know, delivery service. No, no, the town just didn't support it. Chris actually was so disturbed by this that he put it on kind of our pros and cons list of like towns when we move in the future where we're going to move and saying small towns you might not have doordash like that is a big con and i'm not like a big doordash customer but when i want convenience i want it (laughs) thoroughly disappointed we did end up getting some delicious pizza though delivered by the pizza place Poppy's Pizza in Estes Park, Colorado. Yeah, shout out. You Great were dang pizza. good. <laughs> Great pizza, Poppy. Great pizza, Poppy. Indeed. Do we need to do anything before we dive in? I don't think so. Thanks for everyone for listening. We had an uptick in listenership recently, and we appreciate um, everyone kind of spreading the word. Yeah, for there. all those people who are new, welcome. For all those people who are old, 
Thanks Love for joining ya. us on the, the next episode. Thank you. Love ya. All right, Chris, you ready for this? Yes. Okay, so today's topic is something that is, it might be more my interest kind of land than yours is, but we do sit on extreme far ends of this. Given that our demographic is almost entirely women, yes. I think you hold a little bit more weight in our topical like decisions, <laughs> and I have to back off often on things that I want to talk about. I don't know. You've had some really good topics in there. Um, <laughs> but Christopher, oh, podcast, knock it off, Katie. Jeez. Please pause for podcast interruptions. All right, there we go. <laughs> She's being destructive. Um, okay, so Christopher... If you could describe the your ideal kind of um, aesthetic for a house, for anything, what would it be? Oh, I really like uh, modern. Yes. I like straight lines. Mm-hmm. I like really big windows. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of windows. Mm-hmm. And I like open spaces. Mm-hmm. And so knock out as many walls as possible that can still hold a roof up. I'm there. That's what I like. How do you feel about wallpaper? Oh, I, I have an intimate relationship with wallpaper. So this qualifies <laughs> me for my like for your jury statement duty. <laughs> that I'm about to give. Um, my family growing up was very uh, do-it-yourself enthusiasts. And so I have wallpapered more than a handful of walls in, in my, my childhood and my time. Not a fan of wallpaper, because you know what happens? People fall out of love with wallpaper. <laughs> and then you have to take it off to maybe make a bad decision about another wallpaper that goes up and or paint. But it's always a bad decision to paint over existing wallpaper, too. Just <laughs> if anyone's renovating a house in this very expensive time buying houses, please Whatever you do, don't paint over wallpaper. Don't don't do it, even though it looks easy. So yes, I don't enjoy wallpaper at all. How do you feel about color in general? Like color in houses, color in decor. Um, I think sometimes it it works, and you're just like, oh, cool, that works. Other times you're just like, I know I don't like that, but I don't think I'm picky when it comes to this, not that in in colors and houses. I just like, oh, that. That works. I like that. Or why is everything brown? <laughs> everything brown. Or when you get in a little bit older houses, that wood paneling that still yeah. might exist. Oh yeah, classy. Oh yeah. How about clothes? Like, how do you? How would you describe your style? Not like your gym style, but like your going out style. Your more everyday style when you used to like. Dress when up I for used work. to get yeah. dressed for work. Um, I don't like collars, but I don't like looking dressed down. And so um, I like, you know, a knit shirt, something like that. Good fitting pair of jeans and some Chelsea boots is kind of where I where I find myself often when I like, let's not get too classy here. We're just going to work. <laughs> but my, my current post-COVID life, it is sweatshirts for those who watch anything on Twitch. I'm sweatshirts and shorts. Like <laughs> if, if it... If it has a button on it, don't want it. If it doesn't stretch, don't want it. I mean, you expand out of shorts sometimes. You sometimes get to sweatpants. <laughs> Says the only girl on the in a coldest, onesie. Yeah, only on the coldest <laughs> of, of, of days. I'll put I'll put some sweats on for sure. 
Yeah, I went. I went very comfy. Like the the day it was like, hey, don't come to the office because our office wasn't the first ones, but definitely not the last ones. Where they're like, just don't yeah. come to the office. It was. I'm never wearing a collared shirt again. And uh, producer Ace was like, hey, guess what? I'm not shaving or getting a haircut. I was like, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to do that too. Amazing. <laughs> and here you are years later. Here I am years later with very long hair <laughs> and a beard. That's I'm not great. Looking so hot. So fine. <laughs> my oh my. Okay. So your aesthetics, I actually laughed about this because your aesthetics in like clothes and dress and how you like to present is very in line with millennials as a whole right millennials or the old ones i'm just going millennials as a whole stop the podcast yeah i have finally fit the you millennial mold fit the millennial hole this is great thank you the closer you get to gen z so the younger the more you see kind of you you see a kind of a swing in the opposite direction that we'll get to later but for now you are right. You are straight on millennial with this. So today we're going to talk about millennial minimalism is how it started, but it kind of went in a little bit further than like minimalism and how that informs our aesthetics. Um, and it was actually a lot more in like, depth than I min- thought it was. Minimalism, like that one lady that wrote a book yes. and it was like, hold this item. Yes. Okay. This is Marie Kondo. You are exactly, you're starting my points for me. So in 20... 20- Explain Marie Kondo okay. to everyone because I have a very so in 2016, Netflix put out a series called uh, like The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Um, that might be her book title, actually, not the Netflix title. But it's this lady who had a book um, essentially saying you can declutter your life. And here's, she does a lot of like really gorgeous, intense things on um, organization. Like you roll your um, socks like a sushi roll instead of like fold them inside out. Some people go to therapy for that. You know, it hers is like a little, <laughs> I, I would agree. There is having an OCD parent. Like I very much understand <laughs> that like there is a line <laughs> and sometimes help is needed for that line. Um, but I, I might be speaking out of turn here, but I believe hers was a little bit more rooted in like, um, more traditional energy flow. She has a unique formula to reduce your hoarder behavior. Yes. And so right? you, you hold your items that you're considering getting rid of and you say, does this spark joy? And if the answer is no, you thank it for its time in your life and you let it go on to its next adventure. <laughs> so when I tell you, I had this friend growing up, I don't know if she listens to this podcast. She has a bunch of little kids. Her name is Christine. She's wonderful. Christine, if you're listening to this, Shout I love out, you. Shout out, Christine. Come and listen. Come and... She's wonderful. Um, but she she's one of those people that is really into self-help. Like, she always, from the time she was little, had... How, how does one sit there and give up their entire identity to be like, they have the answer? And when they find out that that person didn't have maybe the answer they were looking for, maybe the answer was there... They just go move to another person. Like, it's just guru shopping. I think sometimes there's definitely some aspects of that. But sometimes people are like, okay, well, I'm always striving to be better. And this, in my the circumstance of my life as a 15-year-old, is how I know how I can be better at mm-hmm. this. So this is that was kind of her thing. Um, I'm sure she still does it now. Christine, if you're out there, I'd love to have a phone call with you and talk about everything you've learned. Um, she I, told me about, I like... I hope the MLMs haven't gotten you yet. Yet. Yes. <laughs> um... 
And I don't know, she's taught me some really cool things. Like That's great. Herby stuff too. But she found this like before it was popular. And by golly, if I have not been a maximalist my entire life, like op- absolute opposite of minimalism, I like bright, colorful things in large quantities that make me happy. I have a million blankets. We have, I need, I always tell Chris, he can't let me, he never lets me do anything, but he needs to remind me very nicely. So that, wait, 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 wait. It's not that I don't let Jillian do anything. Please, everyone. There is That is not our relationship. No. The concept is, I'm not Jillian's boss. I don't tell her to do anything. She can make her own decisions. Yes. That's what that statement I've meant. I asked a partner <laughs> favor of him to remind me when I'm trying to buy a sweatshirt, a blanket, or a mug, or cup of any kind. Like, you probably don't need this. You've got a million of them already. I have failed multiple times already. <laughs> Despite trying to enforce it. But also sometimes you like just buy me sweatshirts and I'm like, <laughs> this, 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 this one doesn't count. Um, yes, but extreme maximalist, right? And uh, there comes to a point where like you, you need to like organize a little bit better. So I really have like memories of Christine like coming over to my house and doing this with me and telling, asking me to hold things and be like, does it spark joy with you? And then... There are people that like carve yeah. out a living being a specialist yeah. to help facilitate folks finding what their norm is with their things yes. and in their house and how things set up and how things are stored yeah. and how they're organized. I can't imagine that's a, that's a big market, but there are more than a handful of people that make a living doing that. I think it's very soothing. I think a lot of people find comfort in doing it. Maybe sometimes in like the viewing of it, I watch the occasional like organization TikTok, and I'm like, wow beautiful to have all of your bins with labels like exactly the right way we would have to have like 400 bread bins alone <laughs> for our different kinds of breads <laughs> we need a bigger food library we, it's perfect um but yeah so boop, 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 back it up 2016 marie kondo is now on netflix and this really is kind of a point that's shown as like this is the start of minimalism being accepted kind of as a society and something that people are talking about and getting really excited about. It's around that same time that people um, started creating these things called capsule board dropes. Do you know what those are, Christopher? Not in the least, but I've never heard this term ever. Okay. So um, a capsule wardrobe is a specific, like it's a... It's a handful of clothes that you have. And the idea of it is all of them are very versatile. So instead of having 14 pairs of pants, you have two pairs of pants. But you can wear these pants to a date. You can wear these pants to the rodeo. You can wear these pants um, to work. You can wear these pants wherever. So it's optimizing the clothes in your wardrobe. Yes, it's optimizing the clothes of your wardrobe. It usually means you're spending more on individual pieces of clothing. Like your Chelsea boots. I'm really happy that you brought those up because like I see your Chelsea boots as part of your capsule wardrobe, which other than your gym wear, I feel like you really embrace. You have like the essentials and you're really good at mixing and matching them for any occasion. So capsule wardrobe king right here. Wonderful. Yeah. But that was also something that started taking off. There was a bunch of blogs about them. There were some very famous. This was the like time of like the blog, right? So there was a lot of lifestyle bloggers that would talk about their capsule wardrobes there was even like subscriptions that yes. you could join and they would there's one that still exists it's $15 a month or $15 a quarter and it'll inventory like initially you go in and you inventory everything you have 
and then it'll help you pick out the pieces that it recommends for you and then um like once a quarter it'll go through and you kind of refresh like oh did your pair of shoes wear out do you did you need to go up a size in something and it'll recommend for you for your style for your life um what pieces to buy from there can can i say that like on the surface i find all of that silly until i have to go shop for myself and no one tells you when you grow up like where to go buy clothes you do as an adult man i feel like (laughs) women again anecdotally i feel like women have a lot more options of where to go shop and what they can go do i'm sure someone can argue me like right into a hole but with like men the minute you get out of college it's like you have to fall into i have reconciled myself to khaki shorts and polo shirts (laughs) and i will just grow a little bit fatter in these or there's like no destination for like go get regular clothes as an adult man. It's been a struggle for me. So like when I think those subscription boxes are silly, I'm probably the target audience for those you for sure. You probably are. Um, <laughs> there's a, a handful of them that have been recommended to me that I've taken a look at. Very cool. Maybe some of them are even podcast sponsors for other podcasts. <laughs> Maybe mm. one day. <laughs> no. <laughs> Please share our podcast with other people. <laughs> so we'll get you discounts on subscription boxes. <laughs> love it um but yeah so that's kind of around that time is kind of when that started when we started Mm -hmm. seeing things like that and even now like boop 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 now we're in 2022 and we're still seeing kind of these same threads throughout not so much in like quantity but in kind of our aesthetics like right now if you look on pinterest you're seeing a lot of beige you're seeing a lot of um kind of like very neutral colors neutral colors in things like houses and clothing and like nurseries even and kids toys there's a lot of just neutrality throughout um and there's also like a lack of noise in a lot of places right you have a handful of items that you decorate with it's nothing over the top um there's you have big open spaces you have clean lines of furniture you don't have anything too fussy um Chris, have you noticed this kind of as a trend in house decor and how things are presented? Um, I don't think I actively go out and look for house decor at all. Yeah. But when it's fed to me on social media, I'll sometimes send it to you. And I think the sen- the stuff I send to mm-hmm. you is uh, lesser in nature or someone who has too many plants in their decorating <laughs> prowess. That is, you do have a thing about too many plants. So when people try sure. to make a greenhouse other than a normal house, I'm like, come on, guys, there's there's a... <laughs> but do you find your <laughs> happiness, everyone? That's always going to be my slogan. Uh, yeah, I think I prefer just less. I don't, I don't like um, the tchotchkes. I don't like the yeah. display of, like, overt collections and things like that. And, and maybe common spaces. If you can go... Uh, these are my preferences, Oli. I'm not telling you what to do. But like, maybe that stuff is is for a room, like to to show it all off. But maybe not your common spaces. Is how I fall. That and I'm the complete opposite. Every I send Chris 
the loudest houses, which I genuinely love, and I say too much, and they're usually rainbow themed, and every house, every room is a different color, and you have loud wallpaper, and you've got plants all over the place, and the room is just full of happy things, not necessarily like curated at all. Non-white toilets in the bathroom, non- like on purpose, yes. went and found a colored toilet to install. I almost lived in a place with a pink toilet one time, and I think about it all the time, just what my life would have been like in that pink toilet house. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Um, yeah, so I, I, as I was kind of thinking about, like, what was that? Like, what was our weird obsession with this? I was like, has anyone done any looking into, is this a millennial thing? Because to me, it feels very millennial. We have Gen Z with all of their maximalism. We have uh, Gen X, which also is kind of maximalistic and researching their collectors. Like, yeah, they get, they, they niche down real hard into things. Yes, they do. They latch on hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So kind of what, what is do you, it? Do you think millennials are minimalists because less of us actually own a permanent place and we are having to pick up and, and move our crap all the time? Christopher, I, I didn't necessarily tie that together, but apparently researchers have. Ha. Ha. You again... You, um, are just so good. You can yes. call me Christopher Pugh. You, uh, <laughs> none of this is coming from the, the Pew Research Center today. Um, unfortunately, some is coming from Forbes. There is a blog called Becoming Minimalist that I'm referencing. One is theconversation.com. Um, those are kind of, and then one is Millennial Maga- Magazine. Because I feel like as, as, as human beings, and this is, this is a broad brushstroke, it seems that we're like goldfish. Like the bigger... We will grow as big as the yeah. like space we're provided. Yeah. No. Godiva looking so majestic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you give us... I mean, it, it, it holds true for our current space, right? Our current space isn't, isn't a huge, it's not a mansion, but it's not small. And I sit there and look at everything that's in here and like, where did this come from? When did this... When did this happen? Where did this stuff come from when I sit there and look at this house? Mostly cups. <laughs> Half of it is cups. Half of it is cups. Another third of it's blankets. And, yeah, <laughs> and the last third is sweatshirts. Um, okay, so there's a handful of reasons that researchers have pointed at um, as to why the heck millennials are so into minimalism. Um, first of all, they start off saying like it was very much in kind of our cultural zeitgeist at the time when we were making purchasing decisions or starting to um, kind of develop our ourselves with Marie Kondo um, in there. Like, we were all talking about it already, capsule wardrobes. Um, the second thing is millennials are in a lot of debt. We just are laden with student loan debt. And, and probably consumer debt. Like, I, I won't cut that out. Maybe, maybe a lot of us want things that we want now pay later. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, but when you kind of look at that, that gives less dollars for being able to spend on things. So naturally, you're probably going to put less in your house if you have less dollars to spend on kind of those um, those side things. Yeah. yeah. Accessories aren't necessary. Accessories aren't necessary. Um, which I thought was... Until, until <laughs> well, I always think ne- accessories are very necessary. Make you happy. Um, but that, I thought that was like. Mine's out. Oh, no. Your mic is out? Okay. 
we're gonna mic adjust. Hi. Hey. We are. <clears throat> All right. So where were we? Hey, Jeech. Hey. <laughs> Starting hey. over. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um. Where were we? For real, I forgot. <laughs> uh, debt. Lots of oh, debt. Oh, debt, yeah. So we're spending less money on kind of like the trinkety things or um, less on like more pieces of furniture. So we're just more naturally minimalistic by um, by like almost default. So just reduced purchasing power yeah. puts us in a place to not collect. Yes. And um, what that is kind of almost like another benefit something that adds to minimalism if you are buying like very basic very clean things that are not necessarily on trend but are on timeless you have a lot less to like switch out so you're not accumulating things that you're like well I talked the other day about my neon cowboy aesthetic I had in my house for a minute there like there's still stuff hanging around from that that I've never gotten rid of even though that's not the current aesthetic so you're not kind of accumulating things from past um past design choices as well wow is there a part in there for cheapskate millennials like myself <laughs> that in i just way? that i just don't want to buy anything and when i absolutely have to buy something it's like cool this can be disposable <laughs> <laughs> you know they did not actually call that out christopher <laughs> like uh no no shame to h&m but i call their clothes uh disposable clothes because they're so cheap like i don't care <laughs> yeah yep um and that kind of that that lends to the popularity of a capsule wardrobe, right? Because you're spending more... Hello, kitty. You're spending more... This is chaotic today. <laughs> spending more money on clothes that you know are going to last for a long time. Mm -hmm. So you're putting the thought and research and effort into it. Maybe that's what we need to do for you. Yeah. Maybe we need to like just develop a capsule wardrobe. I wonder if on average we actually have smaller spaces generally too. Yes, that is... You, you are jumping ahead to all of the topics. <laughs> for the record... Everyone is listening. I have not read any of this. We did not talk. I literally just finished work. Uh, yes. So 88% of millennials desire to live in an urban setting. So whether that's your desire or whether that's your actuality, those usually come with smaller smaller footprint areas. Yeah, depending on the urban place that you're at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as... Uh, as younger generations are kind of migrating towards these like smaller, more, um, more walkable places, whether that's like an ur urban suburbia, which we're starting to see a lot more of like p major planned communities mm -hmm. type thing. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. Like, or walking within like a downtown type area type mm -hmm. thing. Um, th it's thought that consumer consumption in like the areas of, um, like home decor is going to continue to slow. Because people just don't have the space to add more decor or anything. That's it. really interesting. Uh, you and I, uh, when we've worked together years ago, had quite a few colleagues that lived in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I was always just amazed at the different behaviors of the yeah. lifestyle that they had to, um, I guess, acclimate to. Mm -hmm. Being, you know, living in San Francisco proper. Yeah. Right? And those that wanted more had to exponentially add a commute to that experience mm -hmm. to get more than the city dwelling and what was maybe a limited lifestyle in their choice. And so a lot of these folks are just at like one, two bedroom apartments on some floor and what fits is what fits in there. Yeah. No, it's a very real thing. Like 
think of the apartment I lived in downtown. I remember walking in and being like, I'm in love with this place. It's all mine. And then walking all the way around and being like, where am I going to put anything, anything I own in this house? <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely some trade-offs there. Um, but ultimately, like, sometimes we make space for things that we don't necessarily need. And millennials, like, we are kind of the, like, living in this sharing economy. So you need a bike, like, your bike is your main source of transportation. Awesome. You don't have to have a bike in your house anymore. You don't have to make room for that. Put it on a wall. You can rent an e-bike that are just down the street, right? Ah. You don't have a car. You don't want to purchase a car or can't purchase a car. Perfect. You can Uber places if that's more economical or, or like lifestyle preferable for you. Um, we definitely fades as you leave urban areas Uh into suburbia into what is not suburbia country is how I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But let's get, let's keep in mind that 88% of millennials, like they, they want that urban lifestyle. So everyone else can just kind of, there's 12% that don't want it. Probably are excluded from a lot of the millennial things that we're talking about. Y'all are great. You guys are, are (laughs) wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. But just not applicable to the sharing economy part of this conversation. Um, or the living preferences. Um, and then there were two other things that were kind of pointed at as why we might be a little bit more minimalistic. And one of that, one of them was um, experiences over possessions. We talked about early on in one of our episodes that mm. millennials, um, it was like 55% of boomers wanted experiences over possessions. And it's Almost 80% of millennials want experiences over possessions, would rather spend their money on that or be gifted that. Right. Or purchase things that enable an experience, yes. right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, so even like we're spending a lot of money on wellness, food, drink, things like that that are experiential and not necessarily like as tangible as some of the things are. Um, and then the last thing, which I thought was very interesting, was there's just a distrust of corporations that, especially Gen Z, but like our generation kind of feeds into as well. Um, and that's kind of aimed at the 1% that reads them. Like think about the Bezos hate for Amazon, um, things like that, where you're kind of being more cautious about your consumerism habits. You're maybe looking at things like H&M and saying, okay, it's a single use garment, if I'm buying it for this price, what does a, what does somebody who makes it get paid? Like, what are their mm. ages? What are their working conditions? Um, kind of more, um, more looking into that usually leads to a higher price point, which usually kind of caps us at some sort of limit of spending for things, right? Yeah. Um, which I thought was was very interesting as well. Do you have any thoughts on that? What well, specifically? Because I have quite a few thoughts. On corporate mistrust um, and our spending habits. I think millennials, I, the internet changed everything. That's that's going to be my yeah. just like feed for every episode. The internet changed everything. Uh, whether you're getting accurate information or slightly accurate information or way off. Um, the internet feeds because we constantly... I'm sorry, my experience as a millennial is you constantly want to, like, validate now. You don't want to take anyone for their word much anymore. 
unless they've proven to be that trustworthy person in your life. So we're constantly fact-checking, and fact-checking so easy and convenient. I think a lot of folks are starting to like wake up and realize that consumerism is what being American is, and do I absolutely have to be this like peg on on the board that just buy stuff i i make money and i buy stuff that that's my existence in the economy i don't want to get too far down that road but i think people are starting to like wake up and be like i don't have to go buy something today or i don't derive all of my happiness from being a consumer yeah and that can be a very hard thing to realize when your whole existence is marketed towards consumption like think about how much we get fed in everything right not just um, I heard in a story, I think it was on TikTok, where I get my news and my fun facts of the day, um, that somebody, like, this, somebody was in school and their teacher asked them to, um, like, write down every piece of marketing that they were exposed to over a 24-hour period. And, like, the lesson was you really can't because you're always being marketed to in one way or another. Um, and so I thought that was very interesting and, and kind of what that spoke about, like, our values and and yeah how how we exist as a, a cog in the machine a little bit yeah and i won't i won't even go that route of cog in the machine but i think as millennials and the lifestyles and uh of being an, a millennial american is we're faced with things that we need like coping mechanisms for um to some level i think uh there are extremes and there's severity around that and then there's very light but uh, shopping is just such an easy coping mechanism to fall into. Um, I will headline with the stereotype. Like, how many stereotypes exist for women getting a Starbucks and walking through Target just to, like, get away? There, I, I'm a big therapy believer. That is second to therapy and healing. I will stand by it. But, I mean, the, the behavior is I'm coping, so I'm going to go be a consumer. That might be a weird thing, because I think it's just the vibes of Target, not necessarily the purchasing of Target. Does anyone walk into Target with an empty cart and come out with an empty cart when they're coping? I don't know. We don't have the data, but I would argue <laughs> that it's not very many people. Fair enough. Right? And then uh, with the advent of uh, QVC online shopping all these other like mechanisms to make it convenient and to get you something really quickly um, definitely like fills a void for some people. So like we're constantly put in a place to make a decision to consume or not. It seems interesting, interesting thought, right? So like I said, don't want to necessarily go all the way down that path in there, but you know, find, find what your happiness, take care of yourself and if minimalism is what you want do it if you want to go put all of your collections on a wall do it be proud of it do it and then show us because i would love to see the things that you're really into and like i love when people have like really niche collections so whatever you're into please share it it bring me your joy brings us joy <laughs> so. so leaning into our demographic i want to know how many people still have an american girl doll <gasps> and or a collection of american girl dolls at their current age oh my goodness if you have an american girl doll can we have a play date i would love to braid some american girl doll hair and, and read some books and some backstories and read some books and some backstories <laughs> 
Yes, especially you have one that looked like you. You know, you had you could get the dolls that looked like you. If you have one of those, we want to see a side by side comparison. Absolutely. Wow. I love it. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So to wrap it all up, millennials kind of minimalists, kind of by choice, kind of by not, kind of by just our circumstances around it. Anyways, very interesting. Um, I hope everyone, if you are into it, I hope you enjoy your beige skims and your very aesthetic pompous grass and your beautiful white countertops. I will enjoy looking at all of your things on the internet. Um, it is very soothing and calming. Yeah. And if you're not into it, that's great. Please share. And Please share. if you're the opposite, Jillian will also want to see. I you will... have a rainbow room. If you have a toilet that's not white <laughs> in color. If you're really into snails and you just have like a snail shrine somewhere please show it to me <laughs> i would love to see if you're really into baseball cards do it love it awesome as always thank you all very very much for listening thanks for coming and listening to another episode of ours uh you can find us on all major podcast platforms and then if you want to uh we invite you to come and engage and uh to be part of our community talk with us talk with others in the community we are on uh instagram tiktok you can find us on gmail mind the millennial gap for most everything on tiktok it's mind the millennial gap pod there and yeah thanks again we've enjoyed everyone we hope to have uh more people and if you found this valuable please share with everyone yeah thanks everyone all right bye bye